I think that um, risk is really important because you can't you can't keep doing what you've always done because everything changes and everything like if you don't change for sure everything will change around you and whatever you were doing will no longer work. Right, everybody, welcome to the show. And today we have Brian with us. Brian, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Dude, long time um, no chat. Yeah, man, it was, it's been a while. Um, so, for everybody who doesn't know Brian, Brian is the uh, co founder of Good Fucking Design Advice. And now uh, you're actually running it, right? You're, you have another partner right now. So, you're still a co founder. Or, uh, well, so technically, so I'm owner now, um, and okay. uh, I don't have another partner, but I do have somebody that is uh, works with me. Got so it. Just, All right. Just me, technically speaking. I okay. Guess. Not really. So, so, um, and for anybody who doesn't like, you haven't uh, heard my previous episode with Brian. So, um, I interviewed Brian for the Hacking UI podcast, which was. Um, at my previous podcast before this one. Uh, but um, so I, I, I think I was exposed to good fucking design advice when you guys just launched. So it was a long time ago. What, when was it? Uh, 2010 was when we initially launched and started selling yeah. products shortly thereafter. Um, for those that <laughs> don't know, we, we had started in um, my then business partner, Jason Bacher, um, we just built this website. It was a joke. We never intended for it to be a business. Um, <laughs> we were graduate students at the time. And um, very quickly, we had like over 100,000 visitors in the first week and lots of people that really didn't like us. And uh, fortunately, even more people who liked us enough to say, hey, we'd love to have a, a poster or a t-shirt. So in the middle of a very stressful graduate school experience at Kent State University, um, we started an online store and brand and business and had no idea where it was going to take us. It's amazing. Um, you know, and I also like when I was just like on the fourth year of my, my final year of uh, design school, I started my Israeli blog. So it's kind of like we have a lot of things in common along the story. Like yeah. Finding like, yeah. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I met you in 2011, I think when I, when I launched my uh, Israeli blog, and since then, I've, I've been loving your stuff. Have in the background here, uh, like you're listening to this podcast, you're not seeing it, but uh, it's a, <laughs> some fucking passion. You know, I have my your, uh, your poster, gold and white. It's, it's really beautiful, everybody. You can find it on the shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hashtag and, sales pitch. <laughs> um, so, so um, and, and I have another poster of you, um, which actually the glass broke, so I put it aside for now, but I'm going to bring it back. And I have the mug, uh, black and black mug, like special nice. edition. And uh, yeah, so anyways, um, besides the shop, like on this show, especially now at this time, I'm talking more about like the mindset and, and you know, what it takes to become successful. And uh, Brian, you've been through a lot lately. Um, and everybody knows my story. 2017, broke up with my partner, got into debt, had to... Uh, find my way out of the situation, but have built a multiple six, six figure business. So, um, you know, my story, but Brian, dude, your story is the freaking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's coming along. Talk to um, us about it. 
Man, well, first off, I can't believe we haven't talked. Like, was it two, really 2011 that we I, did that first podcast? No, 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 no. No, so 2011 is the, is the time I actually like started following you guys. Ah, uh, uh, okay. The podcast okay, okay. was 2000, I think, uh, 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay. That's Four years a little ago. bit more. Yeah, that's a little more reasonable. But I was yeah. just going to say like, wow, it's been so long. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like it it's because it wasn't. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Let's see, I'll back up to a little bit before um, my, my friend and co-founder Jason left. Um, we had been, you know, we had started the, as, as I mentioned, we started the business while we were in graduate school and we were selling products. And, um, you know, as we came to the completion of graduate school, which was in about 2013, um, a couple things had happened. We had been, um, we'd been starting to lecture places um, and that was pretty cool. Um, and we were getting asked to, conduct workshops. Um, a lot of the places we were lecturing were universities. So it was kind of a natural extension of what, um, what we were doing. It was like we would lecture Friday night and then do a workshop Saturday and go home Sunday. And it was, um, yeah. it was good for, it was good for us to get a bit more experience teaching and working with, uh, students. But, um, you know, as time went on, we kind of started to feel like we weren't really, uh, it wasn't like us because, we were doing a little bit of brand consulting work, but it wasn't the heart of who we were. Mm -hmm. And so in, uh, in 2016, probably around the time that, that you and I talked, um, we had quit doing our workshops. And um, for, for those reasons, we just felt like it's not entirely us. And it felt a little disingenuous to be teaching design proper when we weren't actively doing design day in and day out. Mm -hmm. um, and so we thought about it the quite a bit. problem of any designer with a, yeah. like any design educator. I think it's like the same thing like for me as well. If I don't do it, how can I teach it? Oh, you know, I'm not a practitioner. Like the yeah. community will, like it's only in our community, by the way, that this happens. I don't think it happens in any other community. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so at that point, it was, it was like, uh, you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if I... If, comes down to brass tacks i'd kick somebody's ass as a designer any day it just you know i just don't do it uh but yeah. so we thought about it and we thought like well you know what really defines our experience as uh co-founders in this crazy business and uh it took a while but we ended up um with this idea of a workshop on risk taking um as it applies to creativity sort of feeling like for us that's been really important and it's uh ultimately like the cornerstone of of creativity like if you if you if you're not taking a risk then you're not really being creative like means that you have some sort of very clear idea of what the outcome is going to be and that's not exactly creativity um so i wrote like a very short little blurb put on the website and we hadn't planned the workshop out at all um and like a week later we got a call from uh corporate nike um asking us to come out and like do a workshop and nice. uh you know i had to not exactly lie about the uh workshop because you know we called and get on the phone and they're like oh yeah like tell us about your workshop and i'm like yeah we do workshops all the time uh <laughs> so uh so we had about a month month and a half we do to very <laughs> right right it's like we do workshops not this one but we do workshops Rah. all the time yeah <laughs> no big deal um so we had about uh, a month, month and a half to put together the first iteration of our um, the art of risk taking workshop, um, and we ran it at uh, Nike with one of their uh, with one of their groups, 
And it actually went really well. Uh, it wasn't a total catastrophe. Um, I'm embarrassed by it at this point, you know, looking back a couple of years out. Um, but it was, it was pretty successful and, you know, they thought so too. And they had us actually come out and nice. work with another group uh, a few months later. And, and, and that what, really have you, what have you done in like, what were these uh, workshops about? Like, what was the content? Uh, well, the content is a little secret. Um, so we do exercises that are um, creative and uh, uncomfortable, um, but I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It always makes it hard in terms of selling it because the, the point of the workshop is the experience of it. And so like if mm -hmm. I describe the exercise to you um, or to listeners, then like it, it loses its impact. It's like once you've experienced it, it has a certain impact on you and you can reflect on it. But if I just sort of tell you about it, it's like, oh, you mm -hmm. kind of you, you get the ins and outs of how it works and why and Got it. what it does. But um, it, it operates very largely under our belief that the way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. So mm -hmm. we don't go in and, and presume that we can you know, teach you how to make a better logo or choose a better color palette or picture mm -hmm. typography or anything like that. Um, we work with creatives in a very broad sense. So uh, marketers, writers, designers, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and we pose various creative challenges that people have to complete in teams. And um, they're very abstracted. But what happens is, like, the problems that they have trying to solve the problem um, are the same problems that they're ultimately having in their personal or professional working life. So, like... Mm -hmm. If they're struggling with um, sort of interpersonal dynamics or departmental transparency or things like that, like those things will come up as a result of the experience. And because the exercise is abstracted from um, like making a logo or something uh -huh. as a bad example, then it gives us a chance to talk about it openly and people have less ego involved. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this thing that I tried to build failed miserably. And, you know, now we can talk about why. And so... Um, the workshop's not about successful completion about any of the exercises, but the experience and the learnings of them. Um, and we make them fun and hilarious and um, always unexpected. And for us, we're always uh, trying to build out new exercises and come up with wackier ways of doing things. And uh, there's lots of laughs to be had. But, um, you know, all of our all the people whom we've worked with over the last few years, which uh, are some major corporations we've worked with, as I mentioned, Nike, um, Adobe. New Balance, um, and then like a handful of creative nice. studios and agencies uh, in Europe and in the U.S. Um, to to do these, and they all report like really positive results afterwards, weeks, months later, um, nice. in their teams and uh, overall uh, creativity, which is a very you know qualitative mm -hmm. report. But um, but it's yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Nice. So um, kind of got sidetracked there, but anyways, uh, in that interim, so. Jason and I started doing that and then he left in 2017 um, and we had, we had a very mutual um, and friendly, amicable um, separation. Mm -hmm. um, the business was in a substantial amount of debt at that point. Um, we had just not been managing things properly from a number of angles from uh, the logistical end of things with how we were pricing our products in relationship mm -hmm. to um, how much we were making. So the profit margins Got were it. low. And in some cases he and I had been miscommunicating about working with like some of our wholesale partners. And so there were like, in retrospect, there were people that we were selling to wholesale where we were actually losing money like every month wow. that we would send them product. And it was just, it. just yeah. dumb mistakes. Um, yeah. 
And, uh, and so we were kind of like spiraling out of control and, and I was still very interested in the company and I was really excited about the workshops. Mm -hmm. Um, and round about the same time we had gotten a book agent, um, who thought that she could help us to get a book contract, which was very appealing to me. Yeah. Um, and for, for him, I, I won't speak for him a whole lot here, but I mean, he was just very excited about doing more like day in, day out design work and being able to explore um, his voice and his creativity and his art and the gifts and talents that he had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we really weren't getting an opportunity to do that with GFDA. And there was a lot of administrative stuff that needed to be taken care of. And, um, mm. you know, it just wasn't particularly fulfilling for him. So got it. Um, we agreed to, to separate and, mm. um, you know, he still contributes to GFDA here and there, um, like little projects. Um, and uh, we eventually did get that book deal. So he is one of the uh, three total co-authors on the book. And uh, nice. depending on the event, we'll travel uh, for lectures uh, with me. Nice. So, I mean, the mistakes that you made, I just want to point out, like everybody in business makes mistakes, right? It's a matter of, it's a matter of just like when you get on a bike, you start riding, you'll fall. Um, yeah. Right. So how did you, how did you take that? And, and con like, how do you manage those times being in debt and, um, you know, breaking out with your partner and now having this company on you to manage? Um, it was, it was initially really difficult because it was like, it was being in complete chaos because there were, you know, like he and I handled 50% of things create creatively, like him, his 50%, my 50%. But administratively, like we did very different things. And so very quickly I had to give, learn myself. I had to teach myself a whole bunch of new skill sets that I didn't previously had yeah. um, to, to start really seeing if it was possible for me to, to take this on and that there really was something um, worth saving uh, in the business. So that, well, it was... Um, the first thing is I had mentioned like with uh, the products is looking at the profit margins on the products and uh, wholesale vendors we were working with and things like that and mm -hmm. making the adjustments so that we were profitable. So, you know, the, the cost of most of our products went up. Um, and part of the reason why we were, um, I mean, it's not like we necessarily had made that mistake from the outset, but what had occurred is that we had started with, um, fairly narrow profit margins when we launched our products in the early 2010s. Mm -hmm. And then the cost of production, you know, slowly increased over the years. And then we added on, we were no longer doing our own fulfillment. So the fulfillment became more expensive when we transitioned to having professional fulfillment. Um, yeah. And we just never accounted for that in the, in the product. So we continue to sell the products, the same cost as what we were selling them when we were graduate students and, yeah. you know, selling stuff out of our basement and, happy yeah. with a, a small amount of income. So that was uh, certainly a major thing because so that um, this is obviously an oversimplification, but that stopped the bleeding. Like at that point, it wasn't like we weren't losing money every month. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the, the workshops uh, were what I was really believing in as the opportunity for the company um, because they are very low overhead. And, you know, if we had already managed to get Nike as a client, like 
then you just, because you have that and because we had the brand presence of being around for seven, eight years, and we also had done client work with some major brands previously, um, there was just a legitimacy that had been established. And for me, I felt like it would be a loss if that went away. Yeah. So I felt like if we really started pushing the workshops hard, that that could be income that would help to pay off the debt and then ultimately push the company further um, yeah. into the future. Got it. So um, worked very hard through 2018 um, doing, uh, doing workshops. Um, it was also around that time that uh, Jason's replacement, Jason, came in. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason and Jason. <laughs> we already uh, talked about it. You replaced a Jason with a Jason. I did. I did. Well, I don't know if people I, go to jail for those kind of things, man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might, but, uh, my, my bad joke that I keep, I've been using for a very long time is that, um, everything's always Jason's fault. So it's just easy to like replace Jason with a Jason. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, so I replaced Jason with Jason, who was also a good friend of ours, um, in graduate school had lived with us and, uh, seen GFDA grow and uh, had been there and he'd done a bunch of things for us. He had done some copywriting at one point. Nice. Um, he had been a model of ours for a t-shirt. Uh, very hilariously, there's a photo that's in every presentation we give of him. Um, so, um, so he started working with me and uh, his background, <clears throat> he had spent, um, you know, he'd gone to graduate school for design with us and had been teaching and had been teaching professionally mm-hmm. and had gotten frustrated with the bureaucracy of academia yeah. So um, it was a, it worked out very well in that he sort of took over as director for our workshops um, and helped me with developing the curriculum for them. And um, we took the very raw basics that we had from the Nike workshop and built it out into the much more comprehensive workshop that it is today mm-hmm. with um, it's a lot more well thought out than the initial workshop that we had run the first one was kind of like hit and miss and different ideas but it wasn't really tied together as a full experience from start to finish right i think that um is there's a point here because one of the things that i at least noticed is when i started teaching stuff when you start to teach things then you 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 have to make some kind of leap when you first decide you're gonna do that right so you said with nike you guys just got a workshop in and you're like yeah we do workshop all the time but you're probably scared of shit so oh yeah right um and like you absolutely said, creativity is like creativity comes from that from those from that risk of taking from from you know leaping out of your comfort zone um and i think that it's you cannot start teaching without that a lot of people are just afraid to start teaching or start a new course or like start a new workshop but it's it's so uh amazing that you guys did it and i think that for everybody it's, a, it's exactly the same. But once you start teaching, that's when I love those um, kind of like connections that are being made after every time you teach, right? Then all of a sudden, oh, I could have connected this point with that point. I could have been like, and if you think about it, then that's where amazing material comes from and gets so tight. Um, so I, I, it just makes sense that, um, oh, why did I say that? I think it's just important because everybody's like, um, her had this experience where they learned something or saw an amazing online course. Everything was put together so well. Well, those people didn't start like that, right? Right. They started just like all over the place and, you know, just committed to something and did it and started teaching. And that's how you put together things that later become like have a name over of their own, like, and, 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 
you know, and are taught in a methodolog methodological, methodological, <laughs> um, methodological, how do you say it? God damn it. Methodological? Yes. Thank you. Way. That word. <laughs> yes. yes. So basically it becomes a methodology once you, um, once you just teach it again and again and again and again, and all of a sudden you can start making diagrams of it and all of a sudden you can write a SOPs mm -hmm. for it. And, uh, but it doesn't start like that. And I think it's great you brought it up because it's, it's just like something that everybody has to go through. Yeah. One of the, uh, to, to sum that up, one of the martial arts schools that I had trained at while I was in college had a, a slogan above one of the, like the bathroom door or maybe it was the entryway that said, um, to teach is to learn twice. It's right. like, it's like, you know, you have the opportunity to learn again, but it's from a very different perspective as, as a teacher. And um, right. that's definitely been the case for me, you know, teaching at uh, teaching martial arts or teaching these workshops. When I, when I was teaching at the university level, it's like all of a sudden you just learn things a different way and you have to think about how to explain it to somebody that maybe has a different learning style or background. And there's a ton to be gained from that. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, and, and your story, like, uh, continued where you just took the company and, and you made it like um, you, you paid back the debt in 12 months, right? Yeah. So, um, so when I took the, the business over, um, you know, cause they, there were options, like we could have just closed the company out and divided the debt between the two of us. And just, that could have been it. Um, but for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to take this company on and I'm going to try to do this. And um, I'm also going to really try to get this book deal because at the very least, if everything goes to shit and I've managed to bury myself personally in debt, the very, I mean, there's never a good time to be in debt. Right. But like at a very inopportune point in my life, like, you know, in my thirties, uh, then I at least want to have like a book that sort of encapsulates the last 10 years of my life, like what yeah. I've put into this company. And, you know, then, um, right you know, then I could just be like, okay, it failed miserably, but like I got this book and it just, it's done and I can be over with that part of my life or maybe yeah. it'll work out. Um, thus far it seems like it's working out, but, um, so I worked very hard, uh, to put a get, put together the proposal with my book agent. Um, it was like, I don't know, a dozen, maybe two dozen revisions of wow. the proposal as well as like sample pages over the course of about two months and we finally got it to a point in early 2018, like spring of 2018, um, where she felt it was ready to be sent out to possible publishers. And, um, and you know, and Jason, I, again, I don't want to be like, Oh, look at everything I did. Um, you know, even though Jason was not part of the company anymore, um, he still had some input because I still, the, the idea behind the book was that it covered, um, a lot of our advice, but also covered a narrative of the, first couple of years of our business. And so it made sense for him to be involved. So he was a participant in that as well. Um, and you guys can go so, to um, just check out the book, um, go to the website uh, of good fucking design advice and um, it's gfda.co. And uh, yes, over there you'll just see the book. It's amazing. It's called do the fucking work. Um, low bro advice for high level creativity. It's amazing. Um, so, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, uh, we went through that process, sent it out to, I don't know, it was like a dozen or so. I think she sent it out to two dozen, uh, publishing houses. We got, um, interest from about a dozen and, um, maybe a little less than a dozen. And one of those was Harper Collins, which is like, you know, a huge 
publishing giant. Um, and they, in the course of like, so you have these phone calls um, for anybody that's not familiar with the book process. I certainly wasn't. Um, so you have these phone calls where it's kind of like, uh, maybe you're going to write a book speed dating um, where you're trying to feel out them as to whether or not they're a good fit for you. And they're trying to figure out if you're fit and you know, uh, if this is going to work. Huh. And so of the, of the people that I spoke with from the different publishing houses, um, the people at HarperCollins were the most reserved, um, in their enthusiasm so much so that I thought like, ah, they're like, you know, they think I'm full of shit. Like you know, there's these other smaller publishing houses that are like, Oh, I love your brand. And I've been following you since 2010 or whatever. And, um, yeah. so I felt pretty confident after those phone calls that somebody was going to do a book with us. Um, but I was really surprised, um, with what happened next, which was usually you go to auction. So you speak with all of these different publishing houses and then you go up for auction. And I think it's like maybe 48 or 24 hours and the publishing houses who are interested, they have, that's where they send you a letter, um, by way of your book agent. And they say, um, you know, this is why we think that we're a good fit. This is how much we're willing to pay you for an advance. These are the royalties and, you know, any of those details. And then, you know, you have all of those to pick from and then you decide based on that, you know, what yeah. you're going to do. But the day before we were supposed to go to auction, um, Harper Collins stepped in and said, we want you to not go to auction. We want you to go with us. We're going to offer you this much money, which we think that you're not going to get at auction. Um, mm -hmm. and to just, you know, to just skip it and go with us. And, um, I, I asked my agent, I was like, well, I don't know about these things. Is this good? Is this, is this bad? And she was like, well, it's, you know, it's more money than I thought that we were going to get at auction. Um, and you know, it's Harper Collins. So they're, you know, one of the top publishing agencies in the world. Um, yeah. so, uh, in life lesson here, I said, well, can we ask for more money? And she said, sure, can't hurt. They, you know, it's not like they'll rescind the offer. They could just say no. And I said, all right, well, let's ask for more money. And she said, okay, went back and said, <laughs> you know, they offered like 10% more. And nice. I said, great, we'll take it. So we, we got set up with that book contract. Um, and, and why not, why, why did you not go for self-publishing? That's an interesting thing. Because you already had a community. Well, you know, the thing was with self-publishing, so um, years past, uh, Jason, uh, original business partner, Jason, Jason Bach and I had been approached by three separate publishing, um, companies. Um, I think all based out of New York, um, all like mid-level mid-sized ones that at least people in the States would be familiar with if you're in the design profession. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they, they said, they came to us and they said, Hey, we'd love you to, to write a book, give us a proposal. And we would say like, what, what do you want? And they said, whatever you want. So we'd write a proposal, which in retrospect was, I see why they didn't go with us. And it was, they were so bad. Um, but nonetheless, uh, so, um, basically what would happen is they'd get the proposal and they'd say, nah, we were thinking something more like this. Okay. We rewrite their proposal and it would go through whatever the, their internal process was. And it would get to like their board of directors or whoever makes the decisions. And they'd go like, Oh, hell no, we don't want to do a book about this. <laughs> and then, you know, we would have wasted like, I don't know, three, four, five weeks and what yeah. we were putting together for each of those. And it was funny because it happened, you know, three times each about three or four months apart. There was like a, this period of time, like maybe 2014, 2015, where that just happened. And we thought, ah, we'll probably have to go the self-publishing route. Um, so it was always something that we had imagined we would do, or certainly we would love to do. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, we stumbled upon having uh, our, our book agent, Monica, and um, 
that was just sort of a lucky meeting. So we ended up with a book agent and it just sort of made sense to continue with the traditional route. I mean, we had an audience, but because of the profanity, we've always struggled to reach outside of our immediate audience um, Mm -hmm. until recently. Um, And so it was like thinking about the book, it was like, okay, well, if we get picked up by a major publishing, publishing agency, then we're in like every major bookstore worldwide, or at least within the U S and Canada, and then potentially expanding worldwide. And then you're on Amazon and all like all of these things versus the network that we already have and are struggling to grow because of the the profanity. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we did the book contract. Uh, none of that money went to the business It went to both, uh, Jason and myself personally. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I didn't use any of that money to build the business back up, which was important because, um, building the business back up meant there were random months where I would have to go without a salary. And I mean, that had sort of already been happening before Jason had left. And so, mm-hmm. um, it really left my personal finances in a, in a catastrophic mess. Um, and so by the end of 2018, um, I'll make a long story short, like I didn't get the first part of the advance, uh, for the book until December, again, going to mm-hmm. me personally. And I'd paid off all of the business debt in December, but I was down to like my last $500 in the bank. Like <laughs> I, I didn't know how I was going to pay yeah. rent in January. And I was waiting desperately for the check to come for the advance uh-huh. for the book. And it was just like, super stressful. Um, and then the book advance money came like in December and like, okay, okay, thank God. Like I can pay rent next month. (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) business started to pick up at the beginning of 2019. We started to get, um, more interest in workshops. And then Mm -hmm. there was like some client work that started to pick up and like all of a sudden things just started moving in the right direction for the first time in uh, a long time. I suppose it was moving in the right direction as I was paying off the debt for the business, but getting to zero, it certainly didn't feel like it. And as you and I were talking before we started the podcast, like when I hit December of 2018 and had paid off the debt and was like at zero, like it was, it was exhausting. Like I'd never worked so hard to just to get get to zero. zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, but, and it was also like a wake up call because it was like, okay, well, January is coming around and like, I just got myself out of this huge ditch and now I've got to climb yeah. the mountain. Yeah. So I'm still climbing the mountain. Wow, man. Yeah. I mean, this, it just brings me back to my own story and also, you know, kind of like uh, these, I mean, I, I don't know about you. Like I, I still feel like I can go into debt any given day. Like if something mm-hmm. goes totally wrong, like I, I haven't built an empire yet. Like I'm not like, right super rich. I'm not like in, in any way, shape or form, like, um, immune to risk. And on the other hand, like I always keep taking risks and again and again and again, and I invest in things that I think will grow my business. And usually I don't know how they'll come out until like that, you know, so it's, it's just the entrepreneurship game is, is so, uh, crazy. So what would you, let's explore the war, like the thing about risk for a second, just for this, like yeah to wrap up like with exploring risk for a second because one of the things that um i i went through a, a process with a coach um and a coach that that coach's essence was actually to find what is it about me that is special um mm-hmm. and not a lot of people have 
And what we came up with something we called stupid courage. Like I take mm-hmm. risks, you know, when I don't have to. Um, yeah. Because I have this feeling inside me that says, it will be okay. I'll be able to find a solution. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be big one day. That's kind of like my, yeah. right? Do, do you have the same feeling? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you wouldn't have taken on the company. Right, right. It was, it was definitely like, it was just a huge, it was a huge financial risk. And I would say that at the moment, what I'm struggling with is now that I've stabilized the company, like I still feel like you, like at any day, like something catastrophic could go wrong. And, you know, I don't know that I would be under like tomorrow, but like, like, okay, I feel comfortable for like the next three months, maybe. Yeah. Um, but like if something catastrophic were to happen, like, okay, well, I don't know what happens beyond that. So yeah. now I think for me personally, it's struggling with like, I've found, um, uh, I've found success thus far with a much more conservative approach to the business just to get it to stable, which, mm-hmm. you know, makes sense, but it's like, okay, like trying to pull some of that risk taking back into the process, which is, you know, like, I think one of the quotes that I've heard is, uh, you teach best what you most need to learn. Um, and so like when we're running our workshops, I'm always thinking about like, you know, some of the things that happen to like come out of my mouth at any given point or like <laughs> my unconscious trying to like, like wave a flag, like, Hey, nice. yeah, you're saying this for these people. I'm sure it's real valuable, but you should probably uh, listen to this yourself. Um, <laughs> and, and think about how that applies to you. So what was the quote um, again? What was the quote? Uh, you teach best what you most need to learn. I don't know who said it. It's not me. I'm not that smart. Um, but wish to learn. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. If you look it up, um, it's probably somebody really famous, but, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. but no, the quote stuck I, with me. Those things are just to kind of like, yeah, I, I, I find it as well in myself. Like sometimes I can like teach something and I, like I, I have mentoring sessions and I, I talk to people I mentor and like all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, Sagi, you should do that as well more often. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. I, so risk taking, what, why is risk good and, and should everybody take more risks? Uh, well, I don't know about everybody because I don't know, there might be some crazy motherfuckers out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe could don't tone it back a bit, but I think that, um, risk is really important because you can't, you can't keep doing what you've always done because everything changes and everything like, if you don't change for sure, everything will change around you and whatever you were doing will no longer work. And then you'll be fucked because the whole world has moved on and you're still, you've like turned to stone. Like it's just, you're still doing things from five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, and then you'll be forced to change and it will be on, it won't be on your terms, right? Like, it'll be, it'll be on the mm-hmm. terms of like survival. Um, and I think that that's yeah. to some extent what happened with the business and you know, the, what was going wrong for us. And there were a lot of things that we weren't paying attention to. And there are a lot of things that we weren't communicating about. And so we weren't taking those proper steps leading up to Jason's departure in 2017. And so mm-hmm. then suddenly like the, it was just the, the necessity for change manifested even though we weren't making changes it just happened so it's better to to decide to take those risks and make those changes on your own terms rather than waiting around for it so i think that's a little bit more of a of a grand business sense but um you know if you're if you're talking about like a general creative practice whether you're a designer or whether you're a writer or marketer or whatever the same thing really still applies like you can keep 
running home to the things you know how to do really well. Um, and that will serve you for some period of time. There's absolutely, I mean, you've spent, you know, days, years, weeks, months, decades developing those skills. But like, if you don't push out and expand your skill sets, like you're going to be in trouble eventually, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but the day will come where you've, you've basically made yourself obsolete. You're no longer relevant because you haven't challenged yourself. You haven't challenged your work. You haven't kept up with the current things that are going on. And so it's really important to, to take those risks. I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, like how long did Blackberry hang on with the keyboard on the phone and like, you know, Apple made the iPhone and, you know, they were like, no, we're going to keep still doing this thing. And it's like, you know, they were, they were the biggest cell phone in the world. Yeah. Now they're not. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Right. I'm just like looking at, um, I'm looking at this thing where I think forever, like you're saying, there is something global about taking risks, but the person that lays back and says, I have a comfortable life. Don't like, you know, when if things go bad, I'll just like, you know, make a shift or something, leave me alone. Why, why is that not good? Why are we risk takers? You know, just, I I think there, there is something about, um, there is a natural line, martial arts. So both of us do martial mm-hmm. arts, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and we do full contact sports. So um, in martial arts, you know that if you're in a fight, then in your randori or just like sparring and like, so somebody, well, when you're in a fight, when you, if you don't fight, if you don't hit, you get hit, right? Right. So people can attack you and they'll move forward. And if you move backward, then you'll get hit even harder and more because mm-hmm. they see the weakness. And mm-hmm. also, if you, then what are your options? So one of the options is uh, playing, you know, playing uh, just to make them feel sorry for you and showing your face that you're like, you know, tired or something and <laughs> hope that they will hit, you know, less hard. Usually yeah. with winners, that doesn't happen. If someone on the mm-hmm. other hand is a champ, they'll kick your ass right then. They'll go for the knockout. Yeah. And if you hit back, then that's the only that's the only thing you can do. You gotta hit back, um, right. you gotta hit back hard, and you gotta just like toughen the fuck up. So, I think there's something about that that goes in life and in business as well. You always gotta be in the attack. You gotta put a goal and go attack it. And in a way, that's taking risk. Yeah, I mean, once you attack a guy, like you you throw a kick, you might as well while you're leg is in the air towards his head he can low kick you and make you fall or something i don't know like things can happen right right yeah well um you know on that like you could just curl into a ball and the thing is is you're still going to get hit and you're still going to get hurt or you could take the chance to to like fight and you know then at least if you take the chance to fight you you have the chance of winning um and and to your point about always being on the on the attack one of the things that my teacher has said in in terms of fighting is like a lot of people when they fight is they, they play this like your turn, my turn kind of game. Like this, you see this going back and forth and yeah. you maybe see this less in like full contact sports, but definitely, you know, some of like the, the lower level sparring kind of thing. It's like yeah. you, you watch these two people like go across the arena, like one way and then the other. And <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's always my turn. Right. And it's like, if you're fighting, it's always your turn. Yeah. You have to have that mentality of like, you know, you're, you're on the, you're, you're on the assault. Like you can't, like sit and wait around for somebody else to, to do something. It's like, you know, um, what's the, uh, action is faster than reaction. Like, yeah, man. I mean, I, it's so, 
it's okay. And I think that's about the risk taking part. Yeah. Right. I mean, another thing that just connected with me, I was, um, so I was in the army here in Israel and they're like in the army and also in the U S army as well. It's the same thing. If you're being shot at, there's a thing. Um, I don't know what the exact pronunciation is, what, what the exact word for that in English, but basically it's called just like storm, storm forward. So that means if you get shot at, you actually now have to approach the danger and start shooting back and moving forwards towards the people that are shooting at you. Like mm -hmm. you cannot just like stay behind a rock. It's, it doesn't work like that in the army. So there's actually a command that says, style. and once you, do, once you say that, you have to move forward no matter what the risk is. You just move forward mm -hmm. and shoot back and move forward, exposed to the, to the fire from the other side. So mm -hmm. it's funny because that's how they find out that's the only way to win. Like when you're shot at, you shoot back and move forward like you're not afraid. And that's mm -hmm. the only way to beat the enemy because mm -hmm. they're taking their souls as well, just like you have a way better right. hitting them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's fascinating, right? Because it's all connecting to business. You have to... Yeah, yeah. And, um, and also life. Life will throw shit at you all the freaking time. Like, and if you just don't take your, um, if, if you don't say, yeah, it's my turn, like you said, right? If you don't say, hey, it's my turn. Every single, like, day, then, yeah, it's not your freaking turn. You wait. You wait the fuck out, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it connects to so many things. I'm just, like, throwing things that are not connecting in my head. But the thing about the risk-taking part, it's um, I think if people would have taken like just 1% more risk in their life, they would be like so much more um, successful and creative. And Yeah. Guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, dude, yeah, man. So uh, to, to just close and wrap this up, and it was a great session. So, um, yeah, I mean, your story so so similar to what I have gone through, you know, so um, it's amazing to kind of like talk to someone who's kind of experienced very similar um, uh, growth and congrats on your success with like growing the business and, and you know, Thanks. first of all, paying out the debt and now growing it and good fucking design devices. Uh, brand I appreciate it since you guys launched. So um, super looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with next. And uh, yeah, so am I. <laughs> I mean, it's what you come up and I guess with, the new Jason, but like, um, right, right. you guys come up with, um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome being in touch with you, man. And I'm um, looking forward to having you on the show again and, uh, seeing how, how you guys progressed in uh, 2020. Um, yeah. despite the Corona freaking virus, goddamn, the workshop killer. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but I just want to say to, to wrap up about the book. So you guys should really check out the book. Uh, this is actually, so I got Brian and like, I asked Brian if he wants to come back on the show without even actually knowing they had the book out. So like I just, on the research part, I was just like, oh my God, they got a new book. So, and um, I really recommend you guys check this out because it has all their amazing, amazing art there. Um, so it's just like, it's a, it's a beautiful book. Um, you can get it at just uh, gfda.co. And, uh, or just go to Amazon and search for good fucking design advice or GFDA or, um, right. I mean, they would find it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you go, uh, if you go to Amazon, do the fucking work, 
Um, you can find it book. there. Actually, so <laughs> if you go to our website, I mean, it, it's basically just an aggregator yeah. for the book. I love um, it. So it'll take you to different places if you want to buy it. Um, right. Definitely buy the physical copy. Uh, don't don't get a digital one. We we went to great pains to get fancy yeah. silver ink in it and everything else. So yeah, uh, yeah get get and, the physical thing. All right, and to anybody who uh, wants, just so you know, uh, Brian is actually going to give away a copy of his new book, but you have to do the following to uh, apply. The way you apply is this. All you have to do is you go to um, the Good Fucking Design Advice Instagram account and you take one of, their favorite, one of your favorite quotes that you find there and share it in your story and tag Good Fucking Design Advice. Uh, what's your handle, Brian? Uh, it's at Good Design Advice, G-O-O-D-D-S-G-N. A-D-V-I-C-E. Okay. That's, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. No, but you'll probably find it. You'll probably find it. And, um, and so yeah. you tag, uh, you'll ta you can tag your account and you can tag also, um, and then you tag my account as well because I need to track these. So tag Sagi Schreiber as well. So you just tag those two accounts. Good luck with spelling them out, both of them. <laughs> um, but, uh, but just go tag us both with your favorite quote and uh, write something about the episode, what you loved about this episode. And the winner will get a copy. Actually, I think we'll give away a couple more copies. I think we'll, we'll just give a couple copies away. Anyways, just do it. And uh, if you enjoy the show, and that way we can know that you also enjoy the show. Everybody, um, having a great day night wherever in the world. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Thank you. It was a pleasure to have you, man. And uh, great, great catching up with everything you guys are up to. And uh, congrats on everything. Thanks. Thank you so much for watching and if you like what you just saw, please consider subscribing down below and also clicking the notifications button. Subscriptions go a long way, it's your way of saying thank you, I want to hear more from you. So I uh, would love to see you here subscribed and, and for me to be able to reach you with uh, other videos that I post here. Besides that, I would love to invite you to the community over on Facebook, it's the Creatorpreneurs community. So just go over to Facebook and search for Creatorpreneurs, I'll also link it here down in the show notes. And one last thing, I have a weekly newsletter coming out with books that I read and I recommend, with podcasts that I listen to, and with a personal note sharing my insights uh, for other creatives in order to build their business as a lifestyle business and uh, build their tribe. So if you are interested in that, you can also head on to the link in the show notes where you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Um, that's how I came up. I love newsletters. So I wish you tons of success with your journey and hope to see you again in the next video. Cheers.